Welcome to the Men of Eight Gang podcast, episode 376. I am Steve Borsch, and I'm on with Tim Elliott. Good to have you back, Steve. Thanks, Tim. And Phil Wilson. Hola. And he's down uh, in a gigantic Sorry. bathroom down to downtown Minneapolis. A giant well. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it's a conference room, right? Coming, coming to you from the BuzzFeed offices, and every single one of our conference rooms sounds like this. So uh, my apologies. That's all right. But I'll try we're to glad to have you on. I'll just try to keep it down. So, yeah, we are uh, so doing this at a special time because of our our schedules and thank goodness that we're dedicated enough to deal with this right 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 well um i was unable to go to uh startup week or mini demo or to mini demo specifically my i uh, updated my sister's computer and or she updated i should say and um uh to mac os sierra and blew it up so i went out there to give her a hand uh you know getting everything back and luckily the time machine backup was perfect so we uh did that i still don't know what happened but anyway it's what zero. happened at it, mini demo it takes, it takes about 400 hours to actually yeah, it does my god yeah, so, yeah, I, I haven't set aside the time yet yeah well, it's, um, it's great. it was a great week we had lots going on i um i tried to get to as many things as i could uh tim i don't know if you got a, were able to attend anything this week but um i was not I started on Monday um, just to show a little support to uh, Paul DeBettings. Uh, he had a uh, recruiter gathering, um, and we talked. Um, he talked a little bit about recruiting for technology here in the Twin Cities. He was actually on a on a panel for that, and then Beta.mn was on uh, Monday night, and we spent a good deal of time uh, seeing what's out there, what people are are. are you know, rolling out um, our friends from uh, who's driving was there or there. And uh, of course Great. they got all, they got all my chips. Um, I just thought it was really <laughs> nice. They had a, they had a really good, um, you know, they, they, I think they have such a well-defined, here's what we want to do. Here's the problem we're addressing that sort of a thing. So I, I, I was very impressed, had a chance to uh, meet some folks and see some folks that I hadn't seen in a long time. So that was sort of the first startup. We can kind of be a big reunion for everybody in the startup or tech community. So, yeah. That was great. Um, let's see. What else did I do? Um, Tuesday found us over at um, the Techstars Retail Demo Day. I was over at Target. Uh, and um, the Techstars demos were insanely well put together. I mean, we had you know, video introductions from, uh, you know, Techstars and, you know, tech luminaries here and around uh, the country. Uh, mentors, etc., and uh, we got to see some really well put together pitches. Uh, a lot of these companies have been around for a long time. Um, you know, when I say long time, I mean three to four or five years. Sometimes they're still in startup mode, but uh, slowly growing. But um, was really interesting to see a lot of those folks. And then the, the very next night, of course, was Mini Demo, and that was sort of the yin and the yang because Mini Demo was very much more early stage, much more um, community focused a lot less pitchy and more demo-y. So um, great night for that, though it did rain like a son bitch uh, near the end of the event. Thank God <laughs> it wasn't outside. Um, but yeah, another full house at the Riverview Theater. So a great week for, for that sort of thing. Um, what was Thursday night? Thursday night was, of course, the documentary. Yeah, man, documentary, huh? Yeah, the premiere of that, that, that followed the Minnesota Cup. Um, 
announcement or a, a awards ceremony. And uh, so this uh, that was a big crowd. I was talking with Nick uh, Rosseth, who, who uh, put together many the excuse me the documentary and he said he had about 600 people registered for that and there was a good 500 there at least so and again a great reunion of a lot of people involved in tech from start to finish and um that that kind of brings us at least my the things that i've done for the startup week a great week a truly great week so, so how was the movie um, I, you know, it was it was less it was more of a, a a promotion than I think a movie. I was, it's I think first and foremost, kudos to Nick for putting it together. He put together a forty five minute film that was really well shot, and um, I I just thought the video work was amazing. Uh, it was um, talking to a whole lot of people, mostly on the on the startup scene that that we're familiar with. A lot of people at Coco and Code Forty Two, and um, you know, are all the people I've sort of talked about here in Startup Week. Um, it was a lot of quick cuts. It was um, it was a great effort, and I think as far as telling our story, this is a really good start in telling our story. I still think we need to do more. Um, I think everybody all walks away from anything and says, well, that's not necessarily the way I would have done it, but I thought Nick did a hell of a job and did a great job cutting it together. Um, so Julio's story uh, in the Pioneer Press talks about 30 hours of interview footage. Uh -huh. how, come he, how come he chose to make a 45-minute movie instead of, say, hour-and-a-half or two-hour movie? Well, I think that was the different thing. I, I think that, that – um, and again, I haven't talked to, to, uh, to Nick about it simply because – you know, just saw it for the first time last night. I think there are two ways you could go about it. You know, I think that a true documentary would have been an hour and a half, two hours of following somebody through, uh, you know, through their startup or through their company or, through, you know, someone in tech and or, or a group of people in tech and seeing how, how things happened in the Twin Cities. I think that would probably been more of a, a true documentary. I think that this was more of a telling the story of, of what the Twin Cities is doing right now. A little bit of history, but more more about the things that are happening right now. Everything from the coverage of tech to the to the uh, the, the incubators and co-working spaces and things like that. And this was very much more, uh, I think that, that Julio um, and I talked a little bit about it and we both felt it was more of a, it was more of a, a um, a promotional type film for tech in Minneapolis. Yeah. I thought, it, again, it was really good. Uh, but, you know, there was music under all of it, a lot of quick cuts. And so um, I think, but again, I think it was really, really well shot. So, uh, and again, there's still plenty of story here. You know, there was really well, no, no, there was no real, you know, reference to med tech or any of that. So, yeah. The only the only thing about um, uh, about it that I thought right from the get go was so great is the fact that it's going to change perception of people that you know we're just not a bunch of guys wearing wearing uh, caps riding John Deere tractors out here you know and yeah if you look at the video and just the scenes that were shot of you know the combination of what's happening in the city and our style and you know our way of life um i think one of the the best quotes and geez i can't remember what the quote was it was a uh it's a great place to start up or settle down um, oh cool and i thought that was, that was a really nice line and i damned if i can remember who said it but uh, well hey is there um, going to be any opportunity for people to see this uh are they going to post it somewhere i think it's going to be 
Yeah, I believe it's online. I don't remember where Nick said it was going to be posted, but it's it's very much to be posted and shared and, and distributed because we really, you know, we know how great we are. So we need to get it out to everybody else. Yeah, and I yeah. think that, and I think that the, the movie was shot in such a way that there, or the video was shot in such a way. I mean, he, he could easily cut it up into different pieces, different sorts of angles and, um, and not lose anything in the translation. So, uh, it was, again, I think he did a super job. Uh, I would, I, you know, for a documentary though. Yeah. I think you need to, you would actually need to cut out the music and it well, it appears it's already been, I'm looking at it right now. It's been actually posted on YouTube. 48 yep, minutes go. and 50 seconds. Yep. So, yep. so there you have it. Oh, I'll nice. have to watch that one. Yeah. I'll put it in it's the, a, yeah. uh, put it in the show notes. And I think, you know, no matter whether you believe, you know, whether it was your style or not, you cannot dispute the hard work that went into it. And, um, and the video quality, the, you know, the, the cinematography of it, as it were, was, was just really well done. So. Great. So, next next big story is about equity crowdfunding crowdfunding startup straight fund picked for accelerator. Who put this in? I did. I think this is a pretty big story because it gets around that angel funding uh, limit. I think that you can crowdfund a startup now in in the state, which was previously illegal. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is one of Graham's uh, pet pet peeves. And it looks like this first uh, fund is getting around that. Very good. And, and, and actually, it's strata fund, not straight fund. Strata fund. Strata fund. Yeah, thank you. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how, how things uh, pan out for, for that. Um, I, you know, speaking of crowdfunding, one thing I did want to highlight about Mini Demo is um, it was really interesting to see some of, of the demos. And one of them was, uh, I'm trying to, uh, Raisable is the name of the company, and it was um, it's a very much a sort of I don't know how do you want to say it. It was a hmm, how do you it's sort of a DIY uh, your own um, crowdfunding piece, um, and uh, it, they raised I think about fifteen hundred dollars just through this demo for. Um, uh, Technovation MN. So another crowdfunding thing. I just wanted to sort of highlight there. So if you get a chance, yeah, take a look at that. Um, anyway, sorry, I digress. No, that's that's cool. That's cool. Well, um, I, I I hate to be uh, a bearer of bad tidings, Uh-oh. but um, uh, this article, Tim, about Samsung's smart home push hits a disconnect. Yeah, you know, it's this not is good. well, not I've good been for smart things. Yeah, I've been beating up uh, Ben Edwards, one of the co-founders, for a while when I. When I, you know, sent him emails and then talked to him when when we were at uh, Mini Bar, but um, actually I walked up to him and said, "Hey, don't punch Hi, me." How are looking at Samsung? And he said, "No, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine." But the point is, is that this article uh, essentially encapsulates all the issues related to smart things and what's going on, and about the community blog posts that people are are really upset. And I have to tell you that I have, uh, for me personally, I've stopped buying things and um i got about i don't know probably 15 things and i've basically cut it down to nothing <laughs> so you, have you had this problem that uh, they they start the article with where all of your lights go on at in the middle of the night no but sometimes they don't go off 
Or there have been times when when um, uh, they've done an update or they've done something else and uh, the lights don't come on. And then uh, I come home and it's, you know, nine o'clock at night. And there's no lights on. And um, uh, I'm like, what's going on? And as soon as I walk in the house, it recognizes my phone and the lights turn on. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. So, so yeah. You know, I, I would use, I mean, you used to, but you know, I've, I'm not committed to it nearly as much as you are, but I do have, I think I have two things attached to my smart things hub. And one is, one is a light and one is the, the, uh, the garage door sensor. And, um, I don't know how many times I've had to reset, especially the light plan because it's, yeah. you know, it's a fairly simple on off plan. It's not a big complex thing by any means. And I'm constantly walking in and I'm in the middle of the day and the lights are on or, 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 you know, I, I haven't heard from the garage in quite some time. It's like, okay, so I know if the garage door is going up and down and I'm not hearing from it. You kind of have to restart everything. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I can, I've been there, done that. Well, but you know, I mean, it's not just smart things though. I mean, the, this morning I took the garbage cans out and I was going to shut the, the main garage door and I've got a Wi-Fi garage door opener and uh, from Chamberlain and I go to shut the door and it doesn't work. It says it's lost Wi-Fi connectivity. It's like, what? And, yep. and I realized I hadn't used it since I bought, an, or not bought, I got a replacement router because my other one was acting up. And the company under warranty sent me a new one. And I set it back up and reconfigured it. Um, even though everything is identical in terms of settings, because I exported the config file and imported it, still didn't work. So I'm going to have to go out and unplug it and re-handshake it and let it find the Wi-Fi again. So that's the kind of crap that happens all the time. And that's why this one quote, when I read this article, this one quote that just leapt out at me was um, uh, one from a smart things employee who basically said, eh, we, I wouldn't really recommend it for non-technical users. Hello. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. I know. Not ready for prime time. That's, that's yeah. been the criticism really since the beginning. Yeah. And the beginning was what? Three plus years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That when they did their Kickstarter. So yeah. they, they got to get this thing buttoned up. Yeah. 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 Well, Samsung's got a lot riding on the internet of things. I mean, it's really looking at it as being a, huge global opportunity for them yeah so so far the internet of things the only thing that's really hit are are like exercise trackers and and maybe some smart watches kind of well i think light bulbs you know like the, the light bulbs? Hue oh, okay. and stuff like that yeah uh yeah, but the okay. switches the switches are kind of a no-brainer i mean those also work well but um um you know it's just like this uh this voice application i found this system called telzio t-e-l-z-i-o and telzio is got a flow chart for setting up your call tree so when an incoming calls happens and somebody hits one who does it go to and they hit two who does it go to they hit three who does it go to and you create this interactive voice response menu and um uh and it just it, i mean it's so simple to set up in comparison to anything else i've ever used i showed it to ben edwards sent him an email and I said, you know what, why don't you guys create something like this so I can drive my SmartThings hub with this flowchart capability? Uh, Because then I could really set this thing up nicely and you just encapsulate everything underneath one. He thought it was a great idea. Well, okay, thanks, because they've done nothing on it. But um, anyway, that's what I think it's really going to need. It's still a great idea. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a good idea. It's this hasn't <laughs> been executed to a to a high level yet. Right. Someone will get it right. I'm sure it'll be Apple though. Well, we'll see. Yep. Well, now we know uh, who the big client going into the grain exchange at Coco is. Yes. The Nerdery's Prime Digital Academy. Yeah, but it's, it's, is, it, is it the Nerdery still? I don't think it's the Nerdery. No, I think it's its own thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's its own thing now. But there was, there was it's that. It's fun enough. Yeah, okay. it, was, it was one of those things that I think that, again, it, was, it started with help from the Nerdery or funding from the Nerdery, but then it, it's grown into its own thing. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, that's going to be kind of exciting. It's basically, you know, where the, the balcony is in Cocoa. It's that floor which, where you would get into the balcony. So right above what's going to be Cocoa's new space, as we talked about last week, Cocoa is, is expanding there in downtown off the Grain Exchange or in the Grain Exchange building. And I did find out it is out, out those back doors, out the uh, north side back doors and um, moving into that sort of other part of the building okay. so and then uh prime will be right above it so that's kind of yeah. cool yeah and uh prime just graduated uh, their la- their their latest cohort so we've been meeting with a lot of those uh, potential and uh you know new engineers and employees so uh, that really have a lot of i have a lot of respect for that group mark's done a great job mark robots uh, done a great job yeah well and they really focus on uh, vetting people that get into that program too don't they i think so yeah i think that it's you know it's just not it's not just for everybody so yeah. and i've been impressed by the students that come out of there and and i was meeting with one of them just today and it was like um i've never heard anybody say you know that wasn't a great program for me everybody is just a, such a big fan uh feel very it's a very supportive collaborative environment so i think that's what's what's really needed and it's more reflective of the way things are done in tech at least here in twin cities yeah well, hey, Tim, uh, good find on this next one about Sport Radar. Size yeah, I got a big customer. Partnership deal with the NBA. This is huge. Well, the, here was the big thing, though, for me, because they, they, this is the old sports engine. Um, no. Nope. This nope. is a different one. Oh, We've yeah, talked yeah. about Sport Radar before, though. You're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. but We the, talked uh, about them when they got the uh, uh, the hockey uh, they got yeah, to deal yeah, with, yeah, the, yeah. with the with the hockey yep. folks. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I, I lost my head. NHL there for recently. Yeah. Right. Well, what I what I thought was interesting was, uh, um, and I did not read this prior to this, but uh, that there some of their investors, Sport Radar investors, Ted Leonsis, you know, he used to be the CEO at AOL, um, yep. Mark Cuban, and uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah, they, those three guys own uh, sports teams. You know, yeah. Cuban, the the Mavericks, and and Jordan, the Charlotte Hornet, Hornets. So, yep, yep. So this is uh this is a big deal for them, though. It's really big. These guys, and uh, you know, I guess uh, what, what is it? Major League Baseball will be next? Uh, maybe NFL? Who knows? Yeah, I, I think that uh, the story- probably NFL. I would think yeah, they've so. got more of a betting problem than than the than baseball does. There's a, there's a whole lot of money involved there, so there's yeah. really a lot of work. Yep. So, but uh, yeah, they've they've indicated much more big things to come, so, which is great. Yep. And then this content librarian thing is a Kickstarter, but it's a local company, local person that has come up with this anytime i see a digital asset management solution my ears perk up because i was involved in two failed efforts back in the 90s right uh, yeah. the first at kodak and then later at whamnet um so you know this idea keeps coming up and uh, this is a 
you know, yet another one. It's a little spendy, although it's uh, in comparison with, with the ones I was involved in, it's quite uh, reasonable. It's what, uh, 150 a month or something or. Yeah, this is a, you know, 25 a month. That's what it is. So $25 a month is not too bad for this kind of deal. It's a, it looks like it's struggling on Kickstarter. They got five backers and they're all already well past their halfway point. So right, right, right. It doesn't look yeah. like necessarily promising. But then again, even Kickstarter campaigns that don't necessarily succeed the first time around do enough to get themselves in front of the radar of investors. They also can to drop back and punt and try a different route. And yeah. uh, as we saw with the, the folks with Spark at the time, now Particle. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I think they may have to morph. Looks like a homegrown solution that they're just trying to get some more money to uh, expand. It, the, the interface looks pretty good, though. Isn't that a pivot? Not morph. It's pivot. They're looking to pivot. Yeah, they're looking to pivot. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, All right. Let's, okay. So, let's so we always we always lead with Apple when we move out of the local stuff. We always lead with Apple, but now we're we're leading we're leading with Google to talk a little bit about Allo. That's right. Allo. So, have, have you guys downloaded it? I did, and then after I saw Snowden's comments, and after actually uh, looking at it once, I I didn't even interact with it, but I looked at it, and it just felt wrong, so I deleted it. (laughs) Really, because I don't want a chatbot on my phone all the time. I don't know. It just uh, maybe I'm too old for chatbots. Uh, but uh, it didn't sound like a good idea. And then after I read Snowden's uh, take on it, I thought, eh, it's probably not a good idea to have that thing on here. And what was Snowden's take on it? Because I haven't had a chance to read it. Yet. Well, that it's taking all of your uh, personal information, all of your, your texts, everything, and putting them on remote servers so that they can, you know, look at it and make recommendations. But also there was no... Um, way to purge what's out there. So they're basically duplicating all of your texts on their servers in order for this thing to work. Really? Yeah. yeah. So I, from a privacy perspective, it. it's probably not great. Yeah. So in old Ed's honor, I left uh, signal on my phone. Is that what we're calling him now? Old Ed? Old Ed. Old, yeah. Ed. old Ed. Yeah. It's uh, signal is the way to go. Yeah. Um, there, there's no, really no other one. I won't do WhatsApp or anything anymore. So. Yeah. No, I still have uh, the, the standard um, one. Uh, what is it? Hangouts, which of course we use here for the podcast, and that you know that's sort of a Swiss Army knife of of messaging. So yep. that, that's that's plenty good for me. So I was interested in Allo, but uh, you know, it, I don't. I, I and I don't think this is going to be super successful, just like uh, the folks at Marketing Land and the other article that I stuck in the notes. Right. Well, and then I, after I deleted it, after looking at the privacy changes from what they promised to what they delivered, I saw the tweet from Edward Snowden about not using it. You know, basically, should delete it and don't ever use it. Right. Right. So, yeah. Yep. And then just last night, Yahoo says, after rumors have been all week, pretty much, have have said, uh, hey, we we have 150 million users for data, you know, personal data. Right. So I immediately, well, earlier in the week, when I first saw this, I went to my uh, Yahoo email account, which I've had since 1997 or six. I don't know. It's been a long time. I don't really use it, but it was one of my oldest uh, online email accounts. I went in and I changed my password and made sure that the 
second factor is set up correctly. So you know, I decided yeah. I just I just deleted. I had a couple of different account accounts with Yahoo, one for the business, one for for myself personally, and I just I deleted them both. So I suppose I I think I have maybe one album on Flickr, but <laughs> that's about the only thing I can. Well, I use Flickr, and that's the only why reason I, I like it. Well, I use I Yahoo it. Finance also. I like that. Oh, you do. But that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. if you're out there and you have a Yahoo account, especially email account, you should go and change your password immediately. immediately. You, know, yep. you know, the great thing is, though, that most people are not going to remember their Yahoo password anyway, because they haven't been on Yahoo in a long time. So they'll, yeah. they'll go back and say, well, we'll have to reset it because you won't know your password to, get, to begin with. So. And what did uh, Verizon pay for Yahoo? Oh, it was billions of dollars. It was a lot. Yeah. So too much. Uh, I maybe. I, I don't know. It. All right. So this is an interesting story from Boing Boing, the smart sex toy company. Yeah. This was in the lineup for last week, but because uh, Steve wasn't on, I held it back. Oh, just for Steve. Just for Thank Steve you, that Tim. He's into teledildonics. Like one of his the, side the, hobbies. It is the, not. The company was actually uh, make, uh, it's the company that makes WeVibe. Yeah. Standard Innovation is the company. Uh, it's been tracking habits of uh, users of their sex toy. Yeah, anonymously, of course. Anonymously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I just, you know, I, I have to be honest. I, I, I've been searching right now for a decent webcam that I can buy that doesn't use a cloud service. Because I want to be able to get in, because I, I know how to get into one myself. Mm-hmm. And so what I've decided I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a commercial grade product and I'm going to well, have to spend know, probably another 150 to $200 for one. So you know, another way you can do this, Steve, what is get a standard webcam. Probably you have, a, you know, a, an old one hanging around somewhere in a drawer and get a raspberry Pi and stick them together. And then you can do whatever you like and have that's it as a, secure as that's possible. That's a good idea. I should try that. They also have a camera, a Raspberry Pi camera, which is, uh, I think it's about 20 bucks, 25 bucks, something like that, which yeah. works with all of them. And, you know, you can go to a micro center now and get one of those Raspberry Pi Zeros, which is their $5 one for a dollar. Really? Wow. Yep. Yep. It's 99 wow. cents for the first one. And then they charge you like $5 for, you know, the second one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do that because I just want something where when we leave, we can see what the dog's doing. Oh, okay. If that's all you want, just get a Raspberry Pi camera and a Raspberry Pi Zero. It's all the new ones, all set up for it. And uh, there's plenty of uh, places online where you can figure out how to do the software. I can help you if you'd like, because I I did a project like that. Cool. And then you have your online camera, which you can set up and secure in any which way you want, as long as you like Linux. Which well, of course you do. I do. Yeah. Hey, who doesn't like Linux, right? Yeah. Yeah. No yep. kidding. No kidding. Okay, let's let's talk cool things of the week. What oh, I love this other, part. Other yeah. than startup week for me, what are the cool the cool things of the week? So, Tim, why don't you go ahead and start? Well, this one is uh, it's called BearTooth, and it's an off the grid network for your smartphone. Um, they cost one hundred and seventy nine dollars. You get two of them, and basically the idea here is it's a mesh network for off grid folks. So the way it works is that. You have these devices, and they connect to your phone via Bluetooth, and um, they they immediately set up a push-to-talk network amongst themselves. 
Um, so you could be off the grid, but have these things and use them as kind of a uh, high-tech walkie-talkie. Um, both text and voice works. It has offline maps also. And this little thing, it's like a um, a battery. It looks like a little battery. It's also a battery, so you can charge your phone too. So this would be great if you're, you know, uh, you know, hiking or camping or places where you don't normally get service. And as long as there's a Beartooth user that does have service, so they may be closer into town or whatever, hmm. um, you can connect to through their service to make calls or to, to reach the outside world. Um, there's a ten mile. Um, uh, radius for texting and five miles for voice. So it's a very interesting idea. And I saw it this week and I said, you know what? That's my cool thing of the week. It is cool. Well, I saw this a while back and I was even thinking about how cool it would be to get for the family. Um, uh, because we're talking about, uh, merging in Yellowstone. So Liz would fly in from California and then we go out there and, uh, there's a couple of backcountry hikes I want to take before I'm too old to do it. And, uh, and this would be awesome because there's spots there in the Tetons where I'm sorry, but you have zero signal and, and this would be great. Yeah. Yeah. When we went up to Grand Marais, we, we scrubbed a podcast one time because I couldn't get a, a good signal in time. So, yeah. you know, this, uh, this would be great, but it depends on other people having these things. So I think it's in certain areas, like maybe Yellowstone will be one of those areas. There will be enough people that have these that, that make it work. But, you know, if you're uh, up in the boundary water area here, maybe there won't be as many geeky people that have these but you never know what if you just actually strapped them to bears in yellowstone then you have these roaming (laughs) that's a great you could put them on collars yeah Yeah. Yeah. then you could actually see where they were okay (laughs) phil you go okay um this i just saw this today this was the uh, the ability to buy uh, build a drone out of lego parts uh, or out of legos it's a company called Flybricks. Uh, that is using Lego bricks to uh, create boom arms and motors and things like that that you can use uh, to, huh. to build your own drone. So how cool is that? That's pretty cool. So they're they're obviously I, the, the nice appeal to this is they're somewhat crash friendly. So if they they crash, they pop apart. And you can just put them back together rather than yeah have to order new parts or glue or something like that. You know, so. I got to tell you, I had three sisters. I would love to have been able to build one of these. You know, it just. Because I remember laying under my my younger sister's bed, and she came in, and went to bed, and she laid there, and finally I could hear her start to fall asleep, and I waited under there for like fifteen minutes, and then reached up and went, bah! grabbed her, and I swear to God she almost went through the roof. Of course, I've never seen my dad so pissed. <laughs> I never got spanked that hard. I was like maybe thirteen, and uh, but I was just thinking when I saw this. Oh my God! How awesome that would have been to go after my sisters and tease them with a with a drone. <laughs> Sorry, I know that's juvenile. And if, no, not at all. Yeah, I know. Not at all. No, not at all. All right. <laughs> wow. So mine. This we week, learn more and more about Steve every week. That's right. I know. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So mine this week was watch OS three. Now I need to set this up because my wife adores her Apple Watch. And always has. She got one, you know, within a couple of weeks. I did too. And um, I've 
thought it was just okay, knowing that this was just a version one product and Apple is going to continue to develop it and so forth. But it seems like it's been a really, really long time coming. And so I ordered the new Series 2 watch, which will be here next week, by the way, about two weeks early. Did you get the ceramic one? This is the Series 2 watch, but with the the OS 3. Right, got it. Yeah, but I put OS 3 on my current watch. Right. And now I'm thinking, geez, why did I buy this other watch? Because this is so awesome. It's faster. It has this app dock, so you can can hit the side, you know, the little uh, vertical button, and you can swipe through um, stuff that's in your dock. Um, there's apps like breathe, which really aren't apps, but they're these interactive sorts of things. And it has you stop for a minute and breathe and inhale and exhale. And you have to concentrate on it. It actually is, is quite relaxing new watch faces and then messages, which I always thought was the killer app is much better. And, um, and the bottom line is I'm using my watch a lot more. And in fact, uh, uh, I think that even the new, uh, uh, Apple Watch Series Two, of course, is going to be faster and have GPS and and I'm it actually, spits water too. Steve, come on, yeah, don't forget that. That's right. And I'm and I'm actually uh, feeling kind of kind of excited about getting it, which I frankly wasn't with the current one. But seriously, put OS three on it, Phil. It, it's oh, yeah. like a new I brand new watch. Really, yep, I've already done that. So yeah. you don't have the GPS chip. I think that's going to be the biggest thing between. Yeah, the I do too. Yeah, the next version of that watch. And, and yes, yeah. so, I agree. Well, it turns out that uh, I have a client who had an employee who couldn't go and asked if I'd trade some hours for uh, Converted 2016 on October 18th. So I'll be going to that with him. And uh, Convert, Converted 2016? By Lead Pages. Yeah, it's their yeah. Converted Conference. It's about how to convert. You know, it's a marketing-centric. How to convert leads and what are best practices and all that. And it's all it's all this sort of cutting-edge new stuff. It should be good. Nice. It's Gamer's Rhapsody deal. Oh, I put that in there quite a while ago. Huh. Yeah. It's coming up in November. Yeah. I, I I had not noticed it until just now. Oh. It's, uh, it's not to be confused with the Gangster Rhapsody. So. That's right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, I remember when you first put that. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, now it's coming back to me. Yep. There you go. So, well, you know, I know next week's not going to be as busy in the Twin Cities area or Minneapolis and and St. Paul or Minnesota for for technology. But if something happens, we'll probably talk about it next week on the Men of 8 Gang podcast. Have a good week. Take care.